Disclaimer. The ideas and views discussed on the show should be considered opinion and not individual medical advice. Though Dr. Tim is board certified and licensed, every human is different, and without individual assessment, concepts and ideas cannot be directly applied with the guarantee of success. Please consult your personal physician or fitness coach before making any changes. Thank you. And anybody in between, this is Jasmine. And Dr. Tim. And I definitely did this episode. <laughs> Clearly. So today, uh, we are talking about rest and recovery. And you seem exhausted. What's going on? I, I had a rough couple days. <laughs> between a couple physical tests and all that, I, I didn't recover well. So this is definitely an episode for those who are pushing themselves to the limit or don't remember what rest is about. I mean, I mean, rest and recovery are kind of go hand in hand. I mean, sleep's another subcategory here, but we can kind of start big and I'm sure we'll end up going smaller. Big difference between rest and recovery. I guess whenever somebody thinks of, uh, of those things, they're thinking, you know, taking a nap. <laughs> which is definitely a big thing or uh getting your full eight hours the full i mean i don't think there's anybody in the world that hasn't heard that you uh, you know the human body needs eight hours of sleep um which is not necessarily true but there is also um i guess there's also things that need to be talked about where there's with rest and recovery there's also oversleeping and over resting not doing something so much that you kind of backslide into uh, or egress i don't remember i'm tired <laughs> Re regress so i guess i didn't pull up a definition like clearly i was very prepared today <laughs> it's okay um i mean rest can be as small as how long do you wait between sets of an exercise it can be as big as how much do you sleep uh, most of the research points to optimal for the majority of people being seven to nine hours a night. And again, that obviously that varies person to person. There are people who do get by with less, but I mean, that definitely de also depends on the person, but depends on what you're putting your body through um, physically, mentally, emotionally, all of that stuff, how, how hard you're stressing your, your body that matters. Yeah, that does. That's. That's part of like, a, a, I guess, um, I don't know if it's like the work mentality. I mean, I know that as, <laughs> as a younger person who had nothing but time, I would work myself to death working those 60, 40 hours. And that also like without rest and recovery that learns, uh, that leans into the burnout and mental exhaustion for a lot of people. That's usually why, you know, mom's in that first three months when their babies are screaming every three hours you know are just completely burnt out and just you know things go to hell for some some of us i know for me like my son was the quietest ever and still he burnt me out <laughs> so it's it kind of applies to everybody not just ex the exercise world right and i mean we don't we didn't bring up a textbook definition but i mean rest is i would consider it decreased or or inactivity it's it's taking a break from doing something there's there's relative rest and there's complete rest and a lot of times i mean that comes up with injury status like if you break your leg you may need to completely rest at least your leg um, if you're overtraining or you've strained something uh, relative rest is different it's more you know, you want to go about business as usual as much as you can, but maybe you don't go as hard or as heavy or as much um, on the things you're putting your body through. And that really does um, apply again to stressors, every, everything, your, your, your rest really matters on how hard you're working. Um, you can over rest and, and that's kind of, there's a, there's a continuum of fitness, um, 
it goes, it's a sliding scale. If you're picturing a, a line, um, way that all the way on the left is sickness or illness. Uh, in, in the middle is wellness, which we talk about wellness and past that is fitness. And so most people are unfortunately in the, somewhere in the wellness category, which sounds like it's not a bad thing. I mean, wellness is a good thing, but um, it also means you are one notch away from sickness or illness. And that could be an injury that could literally be getting sick. That could be um, some sort of emotional breakdown, depending on what's going on in your life. But uh, we want to tip the scales further in the direction of fitness, which really just means you built uh, you built up a reserve of resiliency and, and that could be physical strength. Again, that could be cardio so that if, you know, if, if something happens and life throws more at you in any way, you, you maybe backslide or regress into wellness rather than fall all the way into sickness. And so wellness is not a bad place to be, but I would, I would consider it sort of the entry point when I, when I was a physical therapist, that's how most people showed up was in sickness, illness in, in more ways than one. And so needed to, uh, move them up the ladder and then continue to move them up the ladder until, uh, they're, they're in a, in a place where it's harder for that to happen to them again. That was the whole, I may have talked about this at some point, uh, where we say baseline is bullshit because baseline is where you got hurt in the first place. Let's, let's go past that. So we don't keep having the same problems. It, it saves you from a lot of things. Like when I used to work in service, like it, I would push my body to the point of sickness. And I've recently done that where it's like, you don't want to get out of bed or you lead yourself to a, while soreness is like a, it's a, a little bit of a reminder that you're moving in the right direction. Like if you're lifting heavy weights and you're sore, it's usually sometimes a good thing, but it also can be a very, very, very bad thing at least what I've experienced. And... No, I, th I think soreness is a pretty good indicator uh, um, that you pushed your body. It's not necessarily indicative that you, I mean, you can have a great workout and not be sore. Uh, you can have a, depending on your goals, we're always going to go back there. Uh, you can have a suboptimal optimal workout and still be sore. Like if you want to, I always used to tell that to people. They're like, well, well, we we did a session or a workout or what have you, and I'm not sore. And I'm like, good. Sore means a you did something that you're completely not used to, or that you did. I mean, essentially, you did a lot of eccentric work, which is slowly lowering the weights. You know, you 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 like a bicep curl. You you bend your elbow. That's concentric. Eccentric is letting the weight come back down, straightening your elbow back out. If you do that slowly with any exercise, you will get sore. And that's people really, some people, no matter how much we talked about it, that's what they wanted. So like, I can make you sore. I, I can make anybody sore. Even if, if you work out and are not sore, that doesn't necessarily mean that the soreness isn't coming. Because there's been plenty of times you have a really good workout, you're fine. And the next day you're stuck in bed because you were overworked your legs. So <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, that, that, that DOMS, D-O-M-S, uh, delayed onset muscle soreness, literally delayed onset. Uh, shows up 24 to 48 hours later. So it's a lot of times not the next day. It's the next next day. And that's, that's, I mean, when rehabbing an injury, that's a good thing that says, Oh, I would, I would ask people that a lot and say, Oh, well, I, I was, you know, we did deadlifts. I'm here for a back injury. And I was hurting like all day. Like, okay, that, you know, we may need to adjust some things like, Oh, I was like, Oh, my back was really sore. Okay. When? Well, not, not right away, but like, you know, the next day or kind of later in the next, so I'm like, oh, 24 ish hours are like, good. We, we hit the right spot. Not that we have to be, but, but that's more in indicative of a, a muscular soreness that isn't necessary, but it's not a bad thing. The, on the flip side of that, like you always need to like let yourself rest in the sense of like, um, I know that there's been plenty of studies and tests or people doing videos saying like, if you don't sleep enough, that's worse than being drunk sometimes. And so I think that, and like I said, I've 
been on that grind both me and my husband have done it so that we've literally worked 24 hours straight a couple times it it while that paycheck's worth it it's not necessarily worth the like havoc it runs on your body like rest can be something that solves skin issues like uh, for me a lot of not just counting the dark circles i think those are permanent anyway but <laughs> like uh i literally i one time worked a 14 hour shift you know showered slept for 12 hours after and i literally had like de-aged myself five years because like those wrinkles and all that stuff yes put on your sunscreen but that also contributes into that yeah oh absolutely and the paycheck is 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 worth it. I would never say I never say to anybody, you know. If the opportunity to make that money, make that money. Go ahead. Your <laughs> money. If you're working 14-hour shifts every day, that's not. We're always looking for sustainable too. But you know, I mean, we all we all burn the candle a little more than we should here and there. And again, that's that's where you need to recover. You, I mean, if we're speaking strictly about um, fitness training, day to day. Yeah, exercise, physical fitness training. You you cannot out train uh, bad recovery. If you are, I mean, I'm sure we'll get deeper into sleep specifically in this episode. But if you are not resting slash sleeping adequately, you are you're leaving fitness on the table. You're you're breaking your body down. If you're working hard enough at an intensity that's that's reasonable to to increase your fitness, strength, cardio, whatever. If you're working hard enough to do that, you are to some degree breaking your body down. And I'm sure everybody's heard this when when you rest and recover from pushing your body, that's when you actually make gains. That's when you grow more muscle. That's when you, you know, increase uh, mitochondria, all of that kind of stuff. You make your body more efficient and things like that. It's, it's called super compensation. You can push your body hard and you should but you have to let it catch back up. If you just redline over and over and over, you're, you're actually hurting yourself because you're not, you're not letting your body catch up to what you're putting it through. And at some point you're probably headed for an injury or an illness of some sort. Yeah. I mean, that happens to me so often. It's not even funny as a mom. Like I could, I remember those days that like I would run myself ragged I think I mentioned it like when I was talking about like uh, uh, running off your body where I would take like still work, go to the gym and work out after three different jobs a day just because I was trying to hit those fitness goals. And it didn't like the other thing is it helped uh, like emotionally like I didn't I think I broke down and cry like every like weekly like it was on schedule <laughs> because I didn't let <laughs> let myself, you know, take a second and it also contributed to like the postpartum when you're like it will make you depressed it will also increase that body dysmorphia like it helps like stable stabilize you again i speak really good english i'm so tired right now (laughs) Uh, sorry perfect example (laughs) yeah i've been running myself into a wall so i'm not necessarily I'm prime example right now recovering like taking that space to like actually slow down whether it's um sleeping which thank god I did catch up on and despite my whoop report I definitely been doing (laughs) but like um also with recovery like I said I've been doing a bunch of physical things recently and knowing I need to prevent the soreness to prevent uh prevent the brain deadness I have right now, which I clearly didn't do well enough. Um, like I know I still need to stretch it out on those days. I'm not going to go to the gym or, uh, just des- definitely like, uh, rather than go for a sprint, go for a walk, which are still things I really hate. I'm going off topic, but point is. Yeah, all good. I mean, that's, I mean, relative rest is, is part of recovery. I mean, people, They'll say instead of have a rest day where, I mean, a rest day is not necessarily a day to sit your ass on the couch and do absolutely nothing. But you can't do it. You I'm can. throwing that at you. <laughs> Soreness wise doesn't always do a whole lot for you, but they, they've started to refer to it more as a recovery day where you, you know, you go for a walk, you do some yoga if, 
if yoga is not your main thing or you just kind of stretch out foam roll just move your body a bit that actually does help it still kind of keeps a little bit of stimulus on your body but lets it know hey we're uh we're gonna we're gonna move sorry sorry to cut you off because you mentioned it a foam roller is the best 10 bucks you can ever spend and whether you're in service or you're in fitness i swear it probably is absolutely um, there's people out there spending tons of money on massage. They could get a foam roller. Is it the same thing? Absolutely not. Does the benefit? No, if you can get the deep tissue massage, it's also worth it too. But I'm just saying, if you don't have the money for that, the 10 bucks for the the roller, worth it. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of recovery tools. And I suppose this is as good a time as any to touch on them. Something like a foam roller, uh, a massage gun. I mean, people are doing all kinds of things. They're like just crazy into, you know, recovery supplements. And, you know, I go and I get cupped or scraped or I foam roll or I do a, you know, an ice bath or a hundred other things. I haven't gotten to the ice bath. I don't think I can get in the ice bath. My brain literally will cut, shut it off. I've tried to done a, do a cold bath and my brain shut off. Like I literally couldn't get myself to sit down. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Well, you'll, you'll be happy to, to hear where I was going with that is you don't need to even think about trying any of that stuff if your nutrition and your sleep slash rest are not in line. Like if you have not dialed in eating uh, you've not dialed in your your dosage of what you're doing in the gym and you are not sleeping enough and sleeping properly, you know, getting actual restful sleep. You don't really need to consider any of that other stuff until you have it's it's, it's basically like the the high school kid who is considering doing steroids, but he's only eating 500 calories a day. Like that's fucking pointless. What's you, that a candy bar? Yeah. Sorry, that, that, whenever somebody puts calorie counts out there, my brain goes like, how much food is that? Because that just feels like not enough for anybody. Well, and that's, I mean, as, as an example, I mean, a lot of people are just are saying that, you know, I can't, I can't lose weight. You may not be in a calorie deficit, you know, other things that affect your metabolism aside. I can't put on muscle. It's usually... The other thing, people think they are eating way more than they actually are, and especially protein. Those are the things that if, if you're not actually tracking that, your estimations are almost 100% of the time wrong. They've, they've done studies on that. But, you know, if you're considering fancy shit that costs more money, when really you just need to eat better slash more slash less and sleep, do that. It's food's not free, but... Compared to buying fancy supplements and a fucking red light chamber and cryotherapy and all this other stuff that has its place. But those are for, you know, if you're doing everything else right and you're still not seeing the results you want, then you you start considering that stuff. But I've seen people that are holding themselves together with kinesio tape and sleeping three hours a night. Which, if you're not getting the desired results, first of all, I want anybody and everybody to know it's not your fault necessarily. Like, don't hate on yourself because you're not making those results. Just take a breather. I mean, I will cry it out. I'm I'm not even going to lie, but cry it out. Take a breather. No, it's not your fault. You're trying to make the best steps. Just take a step back and look at what you're doing. I know that's one of the one of the harder things to do in general, like whether you're trying to hit any goal. But anyway, sorry to sidetrack like usual. I will I will say that the exact same thing in a slightly less nice way. Um, <laughs> and I am all about being supportive. Like we, there's no point in if you're not hitting your goals to you know beat yourself up and get demotivated and quit, but Again, if you don't take the time to examine why you're not meeting your goals slash find someone who can help you do that, it's kind of your fault. If, if you just kind of say, I'm, I'm not getting what I want, fuck it. Well, when, when there's probably a solution and, and a lot of times people just, I mean, I, but people are not always willing to do those things. I mean, priorities and sacrifice. I have, many people have, have come to me 
and they're getting those kind of treatments. And I don't do that nearly as much as I used to for people, but you know, a CrossFitter that's training three hours a day and just comes in and wants their spine cracked and their muscles rubbed and cupped. And they want all these quote unquote, I'm doing my air quotes again, that you can't see, uh, recovery treatments, which I did and I do on occasionally still for the right people, but it's a way to make money, but it's also say, Hey, I feel like I'm doing you a disservice if I don't point out the fact that you are not sleeping enough and you're eating like crap. And that is why we're having to put you back together every day because you're stressing your body in a way that is, would be beneficial to you if you let it catch up. I had, I had a, I'm thinking of a specific patient I had uh, back in the physical therapy clinic and came in, he was a, he was a vet. Um, a veteran, not, he was very young. He was like 25 and the guy had pain in both shoulders. And he said, it's been there for years. We did every test we could to figure out if there was anything structurally wrong with him. There wasn't, uh, his shoulders, just both shoulders hurt in the back. And I was like, okay, a lot of times that's a lack of strength in certain muscles that do certain things. We checked all that out. This is, this is a long story to, to get to a, a point, I swear. Um, we're going to get there. <laughs> I, I think stories help people. No, I always just get scared when you say I have a certain cu- client because I someday I know you're going to start a story about me and I'm going to have nothing to say to defend myself. Anywho, you were saying. Oh, if it's you, if it's you, if it's you I'll just say it's you. But <laughs> no. I'll, I'll lead with that. But no. And I mean, he he said he, he his shoulders hurt all the time. He couldn't use his arms very much. Um, he, he really couldn't at least every time I asked him to try, couldn't lift his arms over his head. Uh, he was a professional airplane mechanic. And I like, I don't know how the hell you're doing that job if you can't lift your arms over your head. Very carefully. He was, he looked like a bodybuilder. Like he had plenty of muscles. He clearly lifted weights. And, you know, I'm like, you, he looked like he may have been, you know, using substances. We never really got to that point talking about it. Um, but he was just a big dude. And I'm like, you don't get that way without working hard. And he said, I can't really work out anymore because my shoulders hurt so bad. And I was like, okay, well tell me more about your job. And he's like, oh, I, I work night shift, but I also pick up day shift a lot. And then I was like, okay, well, what do you do with, like, I asked him one time, I said, what do you do with all that money? Cause you're working 70 hours a week. He's like, Oh, well I don't really spend it on the thing. Cause I don't really have any time. I was like, well, yeah, I imagine you just go home and crash. He's like, Oh no, I go home and I have a, another job that I do where he was like a telemarketer. And I finally asked this guy, not finally, but later than I should have, how much do you sleep? And he's like, I don't know, like, like an hour and a half a night. And I catch naps here and there. And I, immediately I told him, I said, I am happy to keep helping you, but I think we can both agree that this is a handful of visits in that, that the nothing we're doing has really moved the needle yet for your pain and nothing is going to, if you don't get some sleep and saw him for a handful more, uh, every time that was the first thing I asked, he, you know, are you sleeping? And he, he, he's young. He was like 25. He'd just kind of laugh it off and be like, Nope, not really. Just just working. I'm like, okay. He, and eventually he just kind of fell off the schedule because he wasn't getting better. And he, I told him the one thing you need to, like, you probably don't have to do any of this other shit that we're doing. You just need to go to bed. You probably need to work a little less and sleep at least, you know, five, six hours to start. And he didn't do it. He chose not to. He, I don't know if he didn't believe me. He seemed like he thought that was a reasonable thing, but for whatever reason, he never did it, never got better. I mean, we all make choices. Sometimes it's the the difference between a really, really good book or sleep. And I, my inner bookworm is very mad that I'll choose sleep. So <laughs> I know you said like, maybe this doesn't work for everybody, but like for me, like I found a lot of the times I had back pain when I was working out and working and all the fun stuff. I had a desk job for years and I finally, like, I found that people will fall on different sides of 
chiropractic help. But like for me, like going there, like it was always so f- <laughs> funny to me. So getting those deep tissue massages, going to the chiropractor and getting everything kind of like stretched out and cracked out. Like I would have the deepest sleep right after these appointments. Like I remember the first time we ever went and go- going for these massages, a couple years after having a kid, they'd be like, hey, like what muscles are your problems? I was like, my back will be killing me in the middle of the night. It just, it's the worst. After uh, going to the chiropractor, then getting a massage, like I passed out for 18 hours just because it was just so relieving to my body. So like that also can fall under that rest and recovery is like these things that'll help you. I don't know about the science about that. I don't have enough degrees to say anything about it. (laughs) I do. But I know (laughs) from... go off uh, but um, <laughs> i i just know that like for me i you, you know going to to school where like i had those 90 pound uh backpacks and all that that yeah. contributed as an adult and the thing is all this stuff is going to catch up to you like either whether it's 10 years or 20 years if you don't work on get, making these good habits it's just going to follow you into what, uh, whatever old age. And it's also going to affect your decisions for whatever job you're doing. Absolutely. And I mean that I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because not just the gym, the people with physical jobs or people that are caregivers or just things that wear you down physically or stress wise. Or I mean, every, everything is everything you you challenge your body with is a type of stress. And there's a lot there's physical stress, emotional stress, psychological. I mean, all, all of it, everybody, you know, say I'm, I'm stressed or I carry all my stress in my shoulders or that kind of thing. Everybody's familiar and stressing your body in the right amount is good because it forces adaptation growth. Everything we just talked about, that's how you, I mean, you can even improve your, your body through, you know, psychological, emotional stress in the right amounts with the right recovery it makes you more resilient to those kind of things as someone who's never if if you see somebody who gets lost or is late and has never been lost or late in their life you can tell somebody who's been in that situation a few times they're a little more adapted to that stress and that's i mean a job why a job change can affect people so much uh it's why a shift change but again you you can only stack so much stress before you have to find some kind of relief valve. And it really does matter what that is. I mean, again, there's all the, the cool chiropractic PT, you know, get on the massage gun treatments in the world. But if you're, if you get to the point where you have an injury, whether that's a big or a small injury, that's, you know, I, I fell and broke my arm or I just keep, working out and my knee hurts worse and worse, but I don't stop and it feels okay when it warms up, but I keep pushing it and it continues to get worse. Um, That pain starts to mess with your sleep. And when you get to a point where pain messes, I see this a lot in post-surgical patients, uh, which is why they give you narcotics after surgery. That is why. So you can sleep. The pain sleep cycle is something that's been studied a lot. And if you're in enough pain that you can't sleep, you can't rest well, uh, the pain gets worse and the sleep gets worse and so on and so forth until you find a way to break out of that cycle. And I've worked with a lot of uh, persistent pain patients where if we can get enough things on board that they can get some restful sleep, it makes a huge difference. And that's, and, and I mean, to take that to the other end, you know, take it away from sickness and illness to take it all the way to the other end of fitness performance enhancing wise if what you got out of sleep was available in a pill everyone would buy it and that's that's what everyone would happily spend their money to take a pill that gives you the benefits of a good restful night's sleep seven to nine hours but they will spend their money on it they will not spend their time on it they will do all the things. And I want to make sure at some point in this episode, we talk a little bit about uh, sleep hygiene, because I think it's super important. And a few pointers will go a long way uh, for people who are listening. I see your eyebrows. It's not what you're thinking. Um, no, because, uh, <laughs> you know, 
Sometimes you say things that I'm like, wait a minute, and try to translate it in my brain. <laughs> so when you say sleep hygiene, I'm like, other than cleaning your bed, what? <laughs> well, we or could, going to sleep after I, an hour, sure. <laughs> let's do it now. I mean, hygiene. Hy I was going to say, eventually we're going to dive into tips and tricks to like help you get that rest or get that sleep. Like, <laughs> so go on with your sleep hygiene. <laughs> well, and that's, um, I've got the definition of hygiene right here. Um, Conditions or yeah, I, I, have, I have a whole other tab for Google hygiene conditions or practices conducive to maintaining health and preventing disease, especially through cleanliness. So it does sort of it and it has this connotation to only mean like keeping clean, you know, washing your face, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, which do that. That's what happened in my brain. Um, <laughs> but hygiene um, is is sort of a set of behaviors around something to keep you healthy and and sleep hygiene is a really good one and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of low hanging fruit and there's been a ton of research and if people I mean again we're we're gonna drop Whoop's name again because it's a really good sleep tracker but use your Apple Watch use your Fitbit don't go well, I was gonna say there's a lot of trackers out there and I found that that's a big thing like. If you have a competitive spirit, like having a sleep tracker of some sort is like the biggest game changer. Because <laughs> if you're competitive, you're going to try and make that 100% recovery every time. Uh, or, you know, I use it as an excuse, like especially when I walk into the gym and uh, Tim's like, what the hell? And I'm like, well, look, I only got three hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, you know, people, people who understand the benefits of sleep still don't sleep. Um and and that's the thing but um i i would what i would not say is a good measure is oh i get up at six o'clock and so oh, i should go to bed at you know at least 11 and so if i do that i'm sleeping pretty well and there's just a... hey wait i was directly called out there wait a minute that was mean i did not mean you but if the shoe fits um I mean, you are, you are at bare minimum, assuming you fall asleep immediately, stay asleep all night and don't wake up early for whatever reason, that's seven hours. And unfortunately, that's just rarely the case. Again, a sleep tracker is not something everybody needs, but uh, they have what's called an HRV, a heart rate variability tracker. You can get an app on your phone where you literally every morning you put your finger over I believe it's the camera on your phone and it will start to track your HRV, which is a very good analog. It's what whoop uses. It's a very good analog for your recovery. Uh, it basic, uh, the, the, the short version is for anybody's wondering, I made a face. Uh, it measures the amount of time in between your heartbeats and, you know, to microseconds, you don't like arrhythmias are bad. Um, and, and uneven heart rate is bad, but, if you, you want a greater variability between your heartbeats, that based on science that's I could get into, but I won't, uh, it's a good thing to have a greater variability between your heartbeats. Your body is more ready to take on stress. Another like good tracker, like I, I subscribe to Whoop. It's the one I use primarily, but like one of the really good trackers that I found was also um, Fitbit. Uses, I don't know how to say the same technology because... I don't look that hard into it. I'm not even going to lie. But it was also really good. Like, it kept me on track. Mm -hmm. So Fitbit has had a really good tracker added to them recently. I don't know about Apple Watch, Apple Watches. Um, I I was an Apple user once. I'm never going to go back. So <laughs> somebody can tell us how that, that works for them. Um, Samsung watches also have, uh, those same trackers, but I don't find it like I wear it so loose on mine that, uh, you know, it's not as accurate. accurate. It took me a second. I'm, <laughs> I got there. Well, I was, I mean, accuracy, but, uh, accuracy was where I was going. So mm -hmm. I don't know the Fitbit was also like on the same kind of, uh, yeah. not the same level, but it was a really good, it's also a really good fit, uh, beginner tracker and we'll get into wearables eventually. But <laughs> just say for this topic, uh, Fitbit was a, a good one if that's something you're already using. Yeah, absolutely. And and Fitbit kind of gets, you know, gets a bad rap. It was, as far as I know, the first, and they have continued to step up their game. 
uh, places like Whoop, you pay a monthly subscription. As far as I know, you buy a Fitbit, you have a Fitbit, you have to wear it, um, but it uh, it tracks. And, and, and that's the thing with a sleep tracker is you do have to wear it and you have to actually look at the data or have someone look at your data for you. I think the ring, the ring, was it Aura or something like that? That also has... The Aura ring, yeah. That one also has sleep, I believe. I don't know how that accurate that is either. Um, just because it's a ring, I have my doubts, but somebody proved me wrong. I mean, as far as tracking your actual heart rate, like during exercise, uh, a chest strap is still going to be the most accurate thing. No one's probably going to sleep in that. There's varying degrees of... I would say accuracy, but for it's close enough for government work. I would say unless you are an elite athlete, I wouldn't sweat the accuracy too much. Um, what it does show you is your sleep efficiency, and that's what tends to to matter most. Again, the, the example was I go to bed at eleven o'clock, uh, and I wake up at six. I got seven hours of sleep. Well, actually, you laid in bed for half an hour because for whatever reason you couldn't fall asleep you woke up several times or you went into a lighter sleep. You may not remember waking up. Um, your sleep was disturbed. Uh, and it turns out you only actually slept five hours and only four hours of that was useful, restful sleep. And, and so having that data really matters because it kind of lets you dial in on some things that can, again, sleep, Duration is important, uh, but sleep efficiency is if you don't want to spend 11 hours in bed in order to get eight hours of sleep. As you say, another thing that like, uh, I know over the years they've said it, especially as technology has become a bigger thing, like putting your phone away at night. I am the biggest, like, I will sit there and read because that's how my brain shuts off in the middle of the night. Other than f working out, my brain will become restless if it, if I haven't worked out that day. But back to point, um, I think that it is kind of hypocritical to say that, you know, put your phone away. Because I would, like, for my bookworms, anybody that's, like, wants to read a book at night and helps them pass out, I can find that, you know, having to turn off, go to turn off the light will make me more awake. So I'll read a book. But that does also contribute to me never wanting to fall asleep and realizing it's three in the morning by the time I'm ready to. So I know that that's like a harder thing to put down. Everybody that is successful in doing that, congratulations, I can't do it. But you, uh, that's also a step in the right direction. No, actually, you, you segued perfectly into what I wanted to talk about there, which was sleep, sleep hygiene. Um, and there's a really there's a checklist and they've done research into, I've, I've got it open again in another tab here because we're going to kind of run through it. There are things that will move the needle on the efficiency of your sleep. And again, you don't really know until you track. But again, if you're, if you're spending six hours in bed, you are getting absolutely no more than six hours of sleep. And again, theoretically seven to nine. Uh, most trackers will have yeah, she's. That's another face. What? <laughs> I don't even notice I do them. Okay. I saw that. Um, you made you made that face out loud. Here's the thing: for many years of my life, I've ran perfectly fine on six hours of sleep. <laughs> Not to say that I haven't gotten it's gotten better or worse when I wake up in the morning, but to be fair, that's just where I've I've landed that it's good. Well. But let's go back to your hygiene before I, mean, I make there, another face. There are there are outliers, and and I will. This is typically what I'll hear. I mean, the data says otherwise. Not everyone fits the data. There's always people who, it's a bell curve. Most people fall in the middle, but not everybody. But they'll say I, I get by on six hours of sleep, or I do fine on six hours of sleep, and it's kind of one of those things where, we talked we talked a little bit about it on our on our diet episode that was that the one that the data got no, trashed no, no. and we lost <laughs> no 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 that was uh, uh high intensity versus uh lifting heavy oh well uh, we'll definitely be revisiting that one but we yeah we talked about it on our on our food and nutrition episode a lot of people that think they're doing fine and then they they do some things to clean up their diet and they said oh 
I feel a lot better. I didn't realize I felt like shit because that was just kind of how I was. And and this isn't to call anyone out, but again, getting by is not optimal. And especially if you're looking to make uh, changes in your body composition, you're looking to make changes in your fitness, you are adding stresses to the mix and you, you may need to adjust your recovery accordingly, which is your, your sleep, your rest. You need to do that in order to get the most out of what you're doing. I mean, we, we talked a lot on other episodes about how people really struggle to get to the gym and put in the work. And I would just hate to see people that manage to do that and leave a lot of the possible effect they could get from those workouts on the table because they're not recovering properly. Like I, you know, I, I did a really hard workout for example, and you know, somebody was really proud of themselves. They went and they, they went and did their, did their cardio, did their weightlifting. They adjusted their diet, but the scale's still not moving. And that may just be the piece that's missing is, you know, my body doesn't look any different. I'm not putting on muscle. I'm not losing fat. You'll still do those things, but you know, you're maybe getting 50% of what you could be getting if you were managing your recovery better. And, and that's just, work smart, not hard, or work smart and hard. But if we're, if we're working hard, make sure you, you're getting the results you deserve from the work you put in and not leaving a bunch on the table because you're doing two-thirds of what you should be doing. All that also, you do need to look at like all your environments around you because I've literally dropped weight from losing that bad job versus... <laughs> plus the sleep so it is what it is on that that front again we're never going to stop you from making that money but (laughs) please be healthy about it that's oh i I mean that that 100 percent. we're never going to get to your hygiene (laughs) oh we will don't worry i've got i've got the list open but stress matters all kinds of stress matters and people you know like there's physical stress and again emotional we we've kind of beat this over the head this episode, but you kind of have to throw them all into the same bucket and you have a finite amount of stress you can handle. You can handle it better if you're recovering better, but if your job is leaving you just feeling, even if it's not a physical job, if it's so stressful that it's leaving you fucking wiped out, you're not going to be able to do as well physically because your body is trying to recover so hard from that stress you're you're using resources that aren't dedicated to you know adapting your body physically it's just trying to you know keep your freaking heart from exploding um it's trying to keep you alive and you're throwing more at it than it really can handle and so really that's you know talk about big picture what I work with people with if they have injury that my my back just started hurting didn't didn't injure it nothing happened back started hurting been going on for six months getting worse and worse uh people want to run out and get x-rays and stuff but 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 nothing happened so like okay what's been going on and it takes some digging because people don't really always get the concept so I if they're open to it I try to dive in faster and get the information but Oh, I, you know, my mom got sick or I'm going through a divorce or I got a new job and I hate it or I lost my job and I'm not working right now. Or, I mean, all these things that can stress the shit out of you can manifest physically in ways you wouldn't expect. And that's why, A, getting to a point, I'm, I'm making a line with my hand now, getting to, <laughs> getting to fitness rather than wellness creates a buffer that's the word i was looking for earlier creates a buffer that will be protective if life throws a curveball at you but also managing your recovery properly up front and not just saying well i'm going to sleep well tonight because i did a two-hour workout i'm going to sleep well every night so whenever i go to do that i'm 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 fine stress is a big bucket and it all goes into the same bucket I think uh, one thing that will eventually keep stressing, um, but health in general does include mental. Like, if you are mentally wrecked 
it'll wreck your rest and your sleep it'll uh skew your your view on anything that you're doing and it's a it's a big deal when it comes to your uh when it comes to your fitness i i think that's something i don't think we've mentioned it before but like being in a mentally good spot will help you so much in the long run if you're trying to journey whichever way with your body so um even with recover uh, rest especially with rest and recovery if your mind is running 30 50 100 miles an hour at night thinking about the things you should have done in the day or the things you should have said or just the plain anxiety that you have throughout the day it's it's gonna affect you so like <laughs> part of that rest and recovery like whether we uh, you know i don't know if anybody's skeptic but i'm always all for it i know tim is for it it's like therapy is a big part of that rest too yes like it's 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 I, again, I can't, I don't think I've, we've stressed it enough yet, but will mental is everything mentally thinking that you can pick up weight mentally, uh, being rested and sound of mind when you go to sleep. It's so much of everything. I think if you are stressed in a job, if you are stressed because of kids, you are stressed because of bills, whatever it's, it's something that you have to look at before you take any other steps as well. Oh yeah, I know. I know someone who had uh, in a in a relationship with multiple rough patches in it, and went so far as to say, like, yeah, when things are not good, my workouts are shitty, and it was noticeable. Like he had a fight the night before the workout was, I mean, different, a high caliber athlete. This person was and looked like a different person during a workout when she had a fight with her boyfriend the night before like it was it was noticeable and and i'm sure some of that is sleep but also just the mental stress of it um did not go in in a good headspace was not able to push herself as hard like all of the things and sometimes that's a self-fulfilling prophecy but like it was i i would it was to the point where i'd be like oh obviously something's not good right now like it i could just mm -hmm. you could tell yeah and i know that's happened to me when it's like i'm not losing the weight i want to be losing or uh, making the dress sizes that i'm not making like it'll keep me up at night and it'll totally totally fuck with every anything and everything i want to do the next day or i remember uh i remember talking to somebody that was like man like i just let all this like fatigue and weight of life sit on my back and I she just refused to lose her body refused to lose weight it, like because she was mentally holding on to it her body was holding on to uh, other things that should even, no matter how hard she was working so again probably gonna go into it on a different day <laughs> yeah, but that is also a big part of recovery and rest mental I mean mental physical and if you want to throw I mean these categories are they're a little they bleed over a little more but emotional spiritual i mean all of those things i mean physical is a, such a huge bucket but it kind of gets thrown all as the main one but i mean all of those play into i mean your body is not just in a you know mental headspace kind of way but like your your nervous system behaves differently when you have emotional stress um your, you know, your heart rate, your resting heart rate is higher. That's why, you know, having something like an HRV tracker, uh, same thing. I mean, you, your body presents as more stressed and it doesn't necessarily care what type of stress that was. Take care of yourself and rest and recovery should definitely be a, a, a high priority on that list. And maybe, I mean, I would honestly, like after goals and motivation, I would say this is, rest and recovery should be the first steps throughout whatever you're trying to do because nothing is gonna work nothing is gonna help or nothing's gonna um i don't know if the word is push you in the right direction or at least help you get achieve those goals unless you start with rest absolutely and i mean pushing yourself especially if you're new to this um new, new job new relationship uh life changes but uh, starting a new 
fitness. I mean, that's a lot of the people that are like, oh, I, I heard I was supposed to exercise and I'm going to have more energy. Well, I started working out. I have less energy and there's it's very demotivating to, you know, start working out and suddenly feel like shit all the time. But definitely have to, you know, what you were doing big picture recovery wise, you know, stress management, sleep, nutrition, all of those things may have been adequate for what you were doing, but now you threw new things in the mix and now you may need to even out that scale a little bit. You, you have the, the recovery side of the scale and the stress side of the scale and you were sitting even and you weren't having problems, but now you dumped a bunch of shit on the stress side. You kind of have to even that back out or the scale tips really fast and you will, you will feel that. Um, or you just say fuck it to the next day. It's fine. <laughs> well, and I mean, that's where, I mean, a tracker really matters. Like uh, they will give recommendations and not that you can't, I mean, again, whoop specific uh, kind of puts you in a red light, yellow light, green well, light. You can't tell that we love the whoop products. You can't tell at all. It's the one I've used the most. So it is the one I will speak to. I think a lot of the other systems probably use something similar but it will give you almost like a stoplight uh, rating on your recovery. And, and it, it goes from zero to a hundred percent. If you're in the top third, you're, you're green. If you're in the middle third, you're yellow. And if you're in the bottom third, you're in the red. And, and it's not that you can't work out if you're in the red, but uh, you tend to, they tend to look at trends and that's, that's what's more important is how are you performing and recovering over time? There's not to say that you can't have, you know, a 25% recovery and still work out hard, but you can't do it consistently over a long period of time and not expect to, to pay a price from that and, and to kind of get yourself back in the green, which, which metaphorically I think makes a lot of sense, uh, better recovered is, is to either reduce the amount of stress you're putting on yourself somehow um, or increase your recovery. And most people, once they get to a certain level of working out, do not want to put the brakes on because they're, they're making progress. They don't want to say, oh, well, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to go in and half ass it today. So I think the better thing to do is to maximize your recovery so you can continue to push hard. Yeah. Sorry, my, my brain totally fried at this point <laughs> this but is probably I think... as good a place as any to let you get some rest so. mm. <laughs> uh, for sleep hygiene there's enough there's enough meat on the bone there to make a podcast out of just that. So rather than try to cram it in at the end here, I think we probably save that. It doesn't have to be next, but soon. I think we can make a whole podcast out of that because it's a decent sized list with some good points. <laughs> I probably should have been a little more prepared for this than I was. <laughs> yeah, we. I think it went well. Thank you for listening to Both Sides of Fit. If you enjoy our content, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Play, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Both Sides of Fit or contact us with comments, feedback, or suggestions at Both Sides of Fit Pod at gmail.com. Stay safe, stay healthy.